Good morning. My name is Jim Barcliff. I'm a pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship. We're glad you've come and joined us today uh, to listen. You've taken time out of your day to listen to the Word of God. I pray you'd be blessed. And we have a congregation here today, and they're an awesome congregation. And we're glad, obviously, to have each and every one of you here. Uh, so I pray that God would speak. We just sang a song about God speak to me and being still before him and letting God speak. God is speaking today. We just need to obviously have ears to hear, ears to hear and also eyes to see. So God is doing great things. Anticipate great things. Expect him to move in your family because we need the Lord. So if you need healing, pray for God's healing today for each and every one of you watching these here in the congregation and also pray for salvation. If you've never really accepted Christ, you've never made that public, today may be the day that you tell everybody that I've accepted Jesus. He is my Lord and my Savior. So today may be that day. I pray that each one of you would join together in that celebration. So we pray that God would speak to you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word, your truth. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing great things. You're an awesome God. And we love you. We praise you. Thank you, Father, for your presence. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to speak. Lord, it's not what I say. It's what you say. And so, Lord, you speak. Let me get out of the way and let your word and your truth go forth and touch our hearts. Change us because, Lord, we need you. And we're asking, Lord, for your help. So again, Lord, come. Let your anointing fall upon this congregation and those who are watching and listening. Pray that you would, Lord, just give, give them ears to hear your word. And the Bible says that your word is living and active. And we know, Lord, that you'll do exactly what your word says. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. We're continuing on the subject of prayer. Preceding revival. And we need revival, folks. Everybody would say amen to that, okay? It is actually prayer, a movement of prayer. There are people praying around the world now 24 hours a day, seven days a week in this country and around the world. And they're praying for revival. And I want to encourage you today. This scripture basically is about don't give up. But I want to share with you some things. Because last week we actually talked about praying. Practicing prayer. And I used uh, our brother Tom here as an example. As he gets out on the golf course on a regular basis. And he hits that ball. And he practices. And he keeps practicing. He swings. And here it goes. And I told you how my golf game went. When I hit it, it actually curved. And I think it broke some windows. Okay. Now, Tom doesn't break windows, but it's because he's practiced. He knows he keeps doing it. So I want you to practice because I can talk about prayer all day long. But if you don't do it and put it into practice, then it actually is of no good. You can learn here, but you never put it into practice. So I pray that you'll put it into practice. And this scripture today is how do you pray in God's will? You want, obviously, everybody here, if I'd say, Jim, I pray, and sometimes I don't feel like I get the answers. Everybody here could say that, certainly. So what are we doing that's kind of off, missing the mark in that? And I want to share with you today how to actually get your prayers answered. And this is in 1 John chapter 5, verses uh, actually 14 and 15. Just two verses. Real simple, and I'm going to try to make it real simple in how to pray and get to things that you ask for. Because everybody here wants their prayers answered. Amen? Everybody. Read it with me. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. Simple, right? 
Now, the word here is the NIV is confident. And that's the confidence in God. Because see, if you're not getting answers to your prayers and you're just sort of going through the motions because you're a Christian and you feel like, well, this is what I'm supposed to do, then a lot of times you're just kind of going through the religious mode. But we're here to get answers, amen? You've got people in your family that needs prayers. You've got this country that needs prayers. Uh, we pray for our church. We pray for individuals. We pray for everybody that God presents before us. In fact, the Bible says that we're to pray without ceasing. And that's continuous, amen? Everybody would say that and pray with all sorts of prayers and requests in Ephesians chapter 6. And so we pray and we continue to pray. But you want to know that your prayers get answered. And this scripture is the key. Praying according to God's will. And sometimes, how is it? I know that many of you say, well, how do I do that? How do I uh, pray in God's will? And that's what I want to talk about. Real simple. Now, we keep praying because we have people that we know need to be saved. We have family members. We have neighbors. Uh, they obviously have never come to church. They've never heard the word of God. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith is actually started by hearing the word of God. It comes and we hear the word of God and then it touches our hearts. And then we uh, are motivated or move in response to the word of God. So we're p praying for people who are not saved. If you're praying for people who need the Lord today, don't give up. I want to encourage you. I hear stories all the time of God answering prayers after many, many years. In fact, uh, it was someone I had a, an issue. Uh, Cindy and I had a, an issue with a light in our home. And so I changed the bulbs in there, fluorescent bulbs, and, and to try to fix it. It was in the closet, and the closet was kind of dark as a result. And so I changed the bulbs out, and the bulbs did not correct the problem. So I said, it's the ballast, more than likely. But I didn't want to mess with the electrical situation and putting a new ballast in. So I called an electrical company, and the two men came out, and they began to repair it. And I stood there and talked to them while they were putting the new ballast in. And it, one man shared with me, he was a Christian. And he shared with me uh, about his father, who actually had been in World War II and uh, was not a Christian. He said most of his family were Christians, and yet his father at that time was not a Christian. And so the family continued to pray for his father to receive and believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. He got up in age. Obviously, he was World War II, so he was already uh, a seasoned citizen. And so they continued to pray. And so two months before his father went home to be with the Lord, he accepted Christ into his heart. He always said, that if a good God was a good God, how could something like 9-11 happen and so forth? He had questions, and, and yet he was sort of like an agnostic. He didn't know. But yet through the prayers of his family, and I'm sure many other people, there at the latter part of his life, God saved him. So today, if you're praying for somebody's salvation, you can believe that that is in the will of God, okay? And it's in the will of God in that sense. Now, I know that we need to repent. And I know that obviously we have choices and people can reject God. But prayers are powerful. If you're praying about your situation that you're in today, I want to encourage you, don't give up. God sometimes seems like he really stretches us to see whether or not we're really trusting and believe in him. But yet we, we're praying for things and, and you say, well, I believe this is in God's will and it's just not happening. Don't give up. Keep praying. But this is what I want to talk about today because actually we talked about in the last couple of weeks, it's about our relationship with God Almighty, our Father. And we use the Lord's Prayer as an example. And when, he's, when Jesus said, pray like this, our Father, 
who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that word our father is real intimate. A real close relationship. Now, our relationship with our earthly fathers should be, and, and some of many have gone home to be with the Lord, but it should be really intimate and close. But sometimes that's not the case. But our heavenly father, obviously, is so much greater than that. And he wants that relationship with you and me. And that word Abba, father, means daddy God. It's Romans chapter eight. We, he's our daddy. He's our father. It's real intimate. He's real close. He wants to answer our prayers. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. And so it's in knowing this and having our confidence in who God our Father is that we know with confidence that when we come before Him that He hears us and something's going to happen. And sometimes when we are praying amiss, He redirects us and sort of fine-tunes our prayers to pray in accordance with His will because He wants to answer our prayers. How many believe that? Can you say amen? God wants to answer our prayers. And sometimes we pray for healing. Sometimes people go home to be with the Lord. Certainly, as Kathy testified in Sunday, Sunday school, Angela uh, had the ultimate healing. She went home to be with the Lord. She's completely healed. In fact, she's better off than we are right now. We all don't know what we'll have to go through. There's COVID, and certainly it looks like it's going to continue on for a while, whatever it may be, cancers and everything else that's going on. But there, God answers our prayers. He answered their prayers praying. They just didn't answer it the way they thought so. And that's the way we feel too. The day God loves for his people to talk to him, for his people to come to him and say, Abba, Father, Daddy, God, please, I come before you and I ask for these things. I pray that my family would come in alignment with your word, that my family would get right and come in agreement with who you are and live that abundant life that Jesus gives us. That's who our father is. And so you've got to have confidence in who our father is. That he wants to. But see, sometimes when we've been raised in a difficult uh, situation or environment in our families and our earthly families and so forth, we we sort of uh, connect it and say, well, God is like them. Not not necessarily. If you have a father that, say, was abusive or a father that neglected you or whatever it may be. And so we project upon our heavenly father that image, which is not true. Our heavenly father. Is so awesome and so wonderful and loves us beyond anything. He sent Jesus Christ into the world to die for our sins. And so we have to have that confidence to have the confidence. You got to know who God is. You got to pray. You got to know that he wants to answer our prayers a lot more than even that we desire to pray. He wants that and yearns for it. The Amplified Version here for this particular word says this. Now, this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in him. We are sure of this, that we, if we ask anything or make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and he hears us. And if or since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with a settled and absolute knowledge that we have and granted to us the present possessions, the requests that we've made of him. It's confidence. We know that he's asked. He's going to answer these prayers. It may not be in our timing, but we know when we ask according to his will that he hears us and he answers those prayers. And so the key phrase here is according to his will. So how do we know that our prayer qualifies? How do we know that this prayer is according to his will? Everybody here wants to know, how do you do that, Jim? How is it that actually I can pray 
And I know I'm going to get answers. That's what I want to share with you today. And there's just little tidbits I want to share you from the word of God that will tell you certainly and, and things I believe will be encouraging to you. So there are four questions or three questions I want to ask here. Is this request clearly the will of God according to Scripture? Now listen to this. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse three. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. This is the will of God. Pretty clear, right? So what is sanctification? Making us more like Jesus. Through the bumps and the grinds of life, we're sanctified. We're made more like Jesus. I've got rough edges. You got rough edges. Hey, God comes along and he allows certain circumstances in your life and my life that's sort of like, man, I certainly that's kind of hard. This is rough. And this is hurting, you know, and it's like a briar patch. You know, this is not hurting and so forth. And God has allowed this to happen so that you're sanctified. You're made more like Jesus. And so these situations. So when you pray, Lord, get rid of this habit in my life. Deliver me from this sin. Take away this particular bent in this particular area or anything that is contrary to your will. Do you believe that that's in God's will that he do that? And he'll answer it. Everybody believe that? Take that away, Lord. Help me to be more like Jesus. Do you believe that God will answer that prayer? It is because it's the will of God. Your sanctification to be made more like him. That's the easy part. Lord, I want to be more like Jesus. Would you do that in my life? Well, he certainly will do that. And we know the fruits of the spirit are love and joy and peace and long suffering and patience and kindness and and self-control. All those things. Those are all the will of God. And so if you think, well, I don't see this happening in my life. It's not necessarily you don't see it, but God promises to do this if you ask him. It takes many times asking him. Much of what happens in the kingdom of God is by asking him. It's just saying, Lord. I need you. Would you do this in my life, please? And you know that he's going to do it. And he has a way of doing it that actually would be a blessing to you. Not a way that I obviously he's not here to destroy us. He's here to build you up, to make you stronger in your faith, to believe him. So that when we get to heaven and we're in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, his name is Jesus Christ, our Messiah. We know that obviously we'll rule and reign with him, actually. The Bible's clear about that as far as the millennium is concerned. And so he's preparing us for something greater than what we see on this earth. This earth is just a temporary place that we all abide in for a very short period of time. We don't know how short in our eyes, but even if you're 93 or whatever, okay, it's very short compared to eternity. Very short. So we should be living in that particular thought that we're not living for the here and now. We're living to actually come one day face to face with our king, our Lord and master. His name is Jesus. Do that every day to change your life. You see, God is 100 percent behind a prayer to actually take care of these things. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a problem with gossip? Do you have a problem with anger? Do you have a problem with frustration or you have a problem with 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 maybe somebody? Certainly. Don't we all go through that? We think that we're not immune to that. Actually, we know we're not. Well, if you do, then ask God to deal with it. Do you think that's in his uh, plan? I guarantee you it is. He'll help you with it. He helps us with those things. I got issues. I do that. And I say, Lord, help me here. You know, help me and take this away from me, please. And God said, I'll do it because it's within my will. And I'm, I'm, if you pray according to my will, 
Consider it done. Amen. This is who our God is. And so we pray according to his plan and his will. Now, again, we may not get an immediate answer, but you're going to get an answer. Hang in there. Keep praying. What is it you're praying for? Anybody? When I asked that question, a lot of thoughts came to everybody's mind in here, didn't it? You started thinking about some things you're praying for. You're praying about a situation. You're praying about a family member. We're praying about uh, financial needs. You're praying about, obviously, security. You're praying about not getting the COVID or whatever it may be. Something came to your mind when I asked, what are you praying for? And God spoke to you. And so bring that before the Lord and let him answer that prayer. You begin to see answers that God gives you because you're praying. Let me tell you, it is really a blessing. It really will set you free. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13, Jesus said, If you then beaten evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And he's not talking about necessarily evil people, necessarily. Without Jesus, we're all evil, obviously, in that. We have that old nature. But with Jesus, we know that we're covered in his blood. And we've been made with the righteousness of Jesus has been placed within us, imputed as a theological term. And so I, I, what he's saying is when we give good gifts there, our Heavenly Father is going to give you so much more. How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Have you asked for the Holy Spirit lately? Say, Lord, he lives within you. Yes, he does. But something happens when you ask, Lord, give me the Holy Spirit. Give me his power in my life to live above this sin, to live above these circumstances or to go through these circumstances. Give me your Holy Spirit to give me that life that I need because I don't feel like I'm living the life that you would have me to live. Have we asked that? That's within the will of our father. And he will answer that. If you continue to pray, this gets better. Hang on. Ask your heavenly father for that gift. Second Peter chapter three. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to everlasting life. God does not delight in the wicked going to hell. He does not delight. He delights in the redemption of. When people receive Jesus, that's where his heart is. He loves souls. He loves people. He loves you and me. And if you've accepted Christ in your life, then obviously he reached out and touched you when nothing in you warranted his favor. But because of who he is, he reached out and he touched you and delivered you from the hands of Satan. And put your feet upon a rock. His name is Jesus Christ. It gave you eternal life. And so God doesn't delight in any way in the diminishing of the, the wicked. He wants people to come to Jesus. He delights in salvation. He wants your neighbor to come to Jesus. He wants a family member that you've thought of since I started this to come to salvation. He wants that to happen. And so when you pray, you can pray with confidence. Lord, I believe you're going to bring my family member to Jesus or my neighbor to Jesus. I pray for them, Lord. And it may be your prayers that actually moves the heart of that person next door or in the neighborhood or in the marketplace that will bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It may be. We need to pray like we've never prayed before because you're praying within the will of the Father. Now, I know that people have to make a choice and they can reject you. They can reject your life. They can reject what you say to them about Jesus and, and so forth. I realize that, but let me tell you, Without coming with the confidence that God can do it and break through 
that hardness of heart and break through. You see, God broke through Jim Barcliffe's hardness of heart and he saved him. Saved me. He saved me, you see. There was nothing in me that would attract God. Nothing in you, you see. It was all grace. And God started this whole thing, and I'm so glad he did. And he said, what I started, I'll finish. This is what it's all about. When you pray according to the will of the Lord, we know that his plans are redemptive, not destructive. He doesn't want any to perish. No one. We have a choice. And you know what? When people stand before the Lord on that judgment day, the great white throne judgment, and they will obviously they'll say, you know, uh, but Lord, uh, I, I remember that you were knocking at my heart's door back then. I can remember when I was 18 years old and when I was 30, I can remember those times distinctly when you knocked on my heart's door and I rejected you. And I said no to your plan of redemption through Jesus Christ. And I said no and no, no. And even when I got up and I was almost ready to die, I said no, I rejected your plan that people can do that. We realize that. Yes. But God was always there. Can you look back in your life and say, man, even when I was not walking with the Lord, can't you say, say that God was there all the time? Can't you say that at times when I was obviously doing different things and all and not living a Christian life and all, that I could have been taken out into eternity and yet God spared my life. God took care of me. That's who our God is. He's redemptive. He's not destructive. He wants people to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, in a general statement, it is the will of God to heal our physical bodies. So you go, wow, well, how come people, some people are not healed? One, number one, some people go home to be with the Lord, and we've just talked about the ultimate healing, certainly. Some people, obviously, there's a healing. We keep praying, and, and we see people coming through, and we see people healed. But as a general statement, there it is God, because His name is Jehovah Rapha. Our God who heals. So his nature is to heal. He heals us. Obviously, you look at Isaiah chapter 53. And we know that. But so as a general nature that he heals. So how should we go about praying for somebody who is sick? We just had many. The names I wrote down and you did, I'm sure, about praying for them. We can go forward with confidence and ask God to heal them. Because if you don't have any confidence in your prayers, it's kind of hard to really pray, isn't it? Because we kind of waffle back and forth but pray with confidence god wants people healed pray for them when some people are not healed i don't know all the circumstances i know some people do go home to be with the lord and they have the ultimate healing and some people don't i don't know i don't understand all of it but i just know god as a general rule or general statement is god's will is to heal people now you remember some time ago i was having some kidney problems you know what was a year year ago about a year ago and I was uh, I brought it before y'all and and I got prayer and God healed me of that and and all uh, just really powerfully healed me. And it was a delight to do that. And probably all of us can say how God has healed us. OK, God has healed Cindy and different my wife, Cindy, and different occasions, different things. She's gone through a lot in her lifetime and God has healed her and brought her through. Has God healed anybody in this place today? Can you just say thank you, Lord? Amen. He's healed us, right? And, you know, you think, well, he's healed me of a common cold. Yeah, he does. And, but he's healed us of much, much greater things. He heals us. So pray for healing. It is God, in God's will. Pray for him. Healing. And, uh, and leave it in God's hands. We are not the healer. 
Jesus is. Amen. The second thing here is, does the request line up with the priorities of God that God has for my life here? Think about it a minute. If what I'm praying for will advance me, let me slow down, advance me in the kingdom of heaven. Is it making me more like Jesus? Okay. If that request is in line with God's priorities for your life, my life, then he'll answer that prayer because he knows what's best. See, no, no things in our, that happen in our lives is not happenstance. Let me get that straight. There is nothing in your life or my life that is happening. It's just happenstance. Well, maybe it's karma. No, it's not karma. Okay. That's a worldly term. That's not God. God in the believer's life is there. And he only allows those things in our lives that he knows that he can turn, that he can use in our life. Okay. Let me give you an example. Uh, I'd kind of like to have a billion dollars. Anybody can relate to that? Anybody just wants a billion dollars, okay? Well, you could say, well, if, I, if God would give me a billion dollars, I would definitely tithe it to the church and beyond. I'd, I'd tithe here. It would really bless this church. I could do that. I'll just commit to that, right? You do that, right? I'll tithe to the church, Jim, if I have a billion dollars, okay? Right? And I'll, I'll help the poor. I'll help the food pantry down here. I'll do this and I'll do that with that. The help for your kingdom and so forth. So a billion dollars, that looked pretty good, right? But God knows in my heart, would a billion dollars being given to me advance my life in the kingdom of heaven? Probably not. Because probably what I would do is, I know one thing I would do is, I would go and I would get a Toyota Supra. Okay? They're about 50000 I'd go get that, trade the, trade the Camry in, I'd go get that, right? I'd do that, and I'd think, man, what else, what can I do here with that? See, would it advance you in the kingdom of heaven by God answering that prayer? Probably not in my case. I remember some years ago that uh, I was changing hospices. And one hospice, I was, you know, uh, healthcare doesn't pay a lot anyway, not, not in hospice anyway, but... God took care of my needs. Praise God for all those years. He took care of me and Cindy. And so I had to change hospices because of some circumstances. I went in and they hired me. Said, I want, you know, here. But when they offered me a salary, they didn't offer as much as what I was getting paid for this place that I just left. And I had to leave the place, okay, because it was shutting down, actually. And so that ate at me. And it just gnawed at me. I said, you know, I'm not making, Lord, here I am doing your work. Here I am doing this and that. And I shouldn't have done that anyway because I was serving the Lord. I'm not serving the Lord for money. But certainly I was thinking, Lord, I, I've had to drop back in salary here. And it just kind of ate at me a little bit. So I shared it with a prayer. Uh, one of my ladies that had prayed for me over the years. And I shared it with her. And she said, uh, Jim, she said real firmly. God gave you what he knew that you would be responsible for. Well, it struck me right through the heart because I knew it was true. God will give you what he knows you can take care of and be a good steward of, okay? And she knew that if I made a lot of money, probably would not advance me in the kingdom of heaven. And she spoke it. And I certainly, it, I, I knew it was truth. And I never had any problems again with that particular with that salary. And so whatever's happening in your life, 
you feel like, hey, this is just sort of a happenstance. This is just happening out of the blue. No, it's not. God's got a higher purpose for you and I. And his purpose is an eternal purpose, not just an earthly purpose. He's got an eternal purpose for you and me. And that's the way he operates. But sometimes I don't like his purposes to you. I don't like what he does in my life. And I know sometimes you're like, holy day, let me get out of this situation. You know, sometimes what we do is, even in jobs, is that we go and we get frustrated with the boss because the boss is not treating us right. And that certainly may be true, and certainly, and all. But what do we do? We sort of, hey, I'm quitting this job and I'm going to go over here. And what do we do? We jump from the frying pan into the fire. Because why? Because God was trying to teach us something back here in that jo- this job that we would stay until we're made more like Jesus because His purposes are eternal. They're not in the temporary, the earthly things. But that's what we want. Why? Because we like to be comfortable. Nothing wrong with being comfortable. But sometimes God takes and does things that are just not real comforting and so forth. But He loves us. And remember... Always, his purposes are redemptive. His purposes are always to make us more like Jesus. But sometimes it's just not what I really thought he would do. Because, I mean, hey, I'm supposed to be, live in luxury. I'm supposed to live like this, okay? I can't lower myself and so forth. And God is just saying, hey, I'm doing something here, Jim. Let me do it. Let me finish it. Because I know what I'm doing. And so when you pray, remember that. Keep that in mind. If God doesn't exactly answer the way that he, you think he should. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. We need to know that that's the whole thing. Seek first this kingdom. Get your spiritual life in place. The spiritual life is most important because that's the eternal aspect of our life. These things around us are temporary. COVID's temporary. Houses and cars and supras and all that stuff. All that stuff's temporary. Nothing wrong with wanting and having good things. What I'm saying here, don't let it captivate your heart. Don't allow that to be the purpose for your living is to make more money or whatever it may be. Live for building the kingdom of God up. Allowing God to work in your life to make you more like Jesus. That's His whole purpose, you see. James talks about our prayers in the book of James. They are selfishly motivated in James chapter 4. You do not have because you do not ask God. But when you do ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. And so getting our priorities in line with God's priorities, a way we can have our prayers answered. And we know they'll be answered. Amen. He wants to answer our prayers. And then in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for. Everybody know what to pray for? Nope, we don't. For as you all, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And if we know that all things work together for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. First of all, couple observations of this is God is working things together for our good. You believe that? Do you believe that every circumstance in your life, if you're a child of God, do you believe this? That every circumstance in your life will be worked for obviously your good according to his highest purposes. Everybody understand that? Everything. 
And you go, how can that be? Well, we won't figure much of it out, trust me, because we're not God. He is, okay? But He's working out every circumstances. You've been through something. Now, obviously, He didn't cause everything. The devil is working too, okay? So we recognize that. The devil is working. The devil wants to take you down and take you out. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. That scripture in John chapter 10 is very clear. But he can take even what the devil is doing and turn it around for our good. Everything. Why? It's because we have a good heavenly father. We have a father that's looking out for us when we're protected. I know of many times, obviously, that I've seen that I've been protected. How many of you have seen that? You've been protected and probably you could have been in an accident or you could have been hurt or whatever and you see God protected you. It was God all the time. He was there with you. He protects us. He's a good heavenly father. He's good to his children. But he's saying here that the spirit is working those things out, you see. Remember Job? Anybody in here ever want to walk in the footsteps of Job? No, no. Remember Job? He lost his family, he lost his fortune, he lost everything. And then he wound up with sores on his body. Remember, he's being tested. Remember what happened? Did God, did Job kind of plan for this to happen? No. No, he did not plan for this to happen. But God was not punishing Job. God was already working all things out for his good. Remember at the end of the book of Job, what happens? That actually God gives back double what was taken away. Do you know when we get to heaven, we'll say, wow, look at all this. And I've been given back so much more. Now, you may have lost everything on this side of heaven. But when you get to heaven, you'll see that God Almighty is going to obviously bless beyond measure. And you'll go, wow, this is beyond anything I can ever understand. But in the here and now, we look at it and think, well, look what's happening to me. And oh, poor me. And we get into self-pity, don't we? God is saying, he's got a plan. And he's working everything out for the good of those who love him at a call according to his person. But also God's priority in verse 29 to be conformed to the image of his son. Through difficult situations that deal with my selfishness. Anybody in here? I told you some time ago. God showed me. I had some selfishness there. God dealt with it. I said, Lord, I don't want that in there. I was doing some things that were very selfish. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, come in and take over. Take, get rid of this. I can't do this. I don't want that in my life. And God began to change. He's still, I'm still under construction, folks. And maybe you could say you are also. But he says here, as he's working out, everyone is that we are to be conformed to the image of his son. My pride, it could be pride. And then Job himself was becoming, obviously, uh, the way God desired because he had he was a believer and trust in God Almighty here. And so God is looking at our eternal well-being, not as the temporary pleasures. You know, we think God is here to make me happy. No, he's here to make you holy and to make you and I holy. Sometimes they're tough circumstances. You know, we like the good. I love the mountaintops, but when we're in the valley. I don't like that at all. How about you? I don't like the valleys. I love the mountaintop, man, it's good, it's cool up there, it's fresh air, it's clean, I can see the sky and all that, and the valleys, it's like, oh my gosh, what happened? But see, life is made up of both. When you're in the valley, hang in there, keep praying, keep trusting, God will bring you through. The third thing is, is we don't know what to pray for as we ought to. 
Okay, we don't ask for the right things a lot of times. If you're here and you're a believer, then you have the Holy Spirit within you. He's our comforter. He's our guide. He will convict us. He will uh, encourage us. He's the God of all comfort. He'll lift us up, help us, and and all that. He's our. We have communion. We talk with him about decisions we're making and so forth. And sometimes I just don't know how to pray. Do you? But you see, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit prays for us with moans and groans too deep for words because he knows the perfect will of the Father. And we know when the Holy Spirit prays, he gets what he asks for because he's the third person of the Trinity. He's God Almighty. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So when we trust him and believe him is obviously he never misses the will of God. So the question, does your request line up with God's priorities in your life? And what we're becoming more than what we get eternal rather than the temporal uh, pleasures of this world and so forth. Where are your priorities? Talking about how to get your prayers answered. The third thing here is, does this request fit within the plan God has for my life? Again, his priority is to be that we will be conformed to the image of his son. Jeremiah in chapter 10 says, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not a man who walks to direct his own steps here. He says in Psalm 37, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. God Almighty will direct you as you trust in him. Remember the story in Acts chapter 16 is that Paul there was getting ready to go into Bithermia and the spirit wouldn't allow him to go. He was missionary. He was on fire for Jesus. And he he established these churches there uh, and on his missionary journeys. And he was getting ready. He wanted to go there in, in Asia. And the spirit stopped him, stopped him from going there. So he came over here and the spirit stopped him from going there. And then he had a dream and he went to that to the man there in Macedonia. He says, come over to Macedonia and help us here. So Paul went that way. Paul had in his mind what he wanted to do. But the spirit had something else in mind for Paul to do. That's true for you and I. Just because Paul was probably the greatest apostle has ever lived. We have the same spirit within us that Paul had. So as God is directing your paths, you want to do something for the Lord, listen to him and step out. God will stop you, redirect you. But the main thing is give your life to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm no longer my own. I've been bought with a price and obviously the blood of Jesus Christ and do what he wants you to do and watch your prayers start getting answered like you've never seen them answered before. Give your life to Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God helps us because in Ephesians chapter 2, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Do you know that God had plans for you and me from eternity past? Okay, you know what eternity past is? I mean, keep going back, 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 back. And I'm not talking about a back, back, back order. Talking about keep going back. Eternity past. Okay. He had plans for me and for you. He knew when you would be born. He knew the life you would live. He knew and loved you so much. He sent Jesus 2,000 years ago to die for our sins. But he had works already planned for me and you, you to do from eternity. He said, I want Jim to do this. And so when I came along and so forth, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, please direct my path. 
I want to know you hear my prayers. And if I know you hear my prayers and you answer my prayers, I want to do your will. You want to do the will of God? If you don't want to do the will of God, God waits till you get in a position to say, I do want to I do want to do the will of God. But what I wanted to do, I came to the path, said, Lord, I want to do your will. And so God says, good, I'll show you what to do, because I've already got these works in place that I had you on my mind for eternity past. And I'm going to show you what to do as you wait, as you pray and you seek my face. Isn't that great news? So everybody here, it's not about a preacher. It's about everybody. We're all ministers. He knows what he wants you to do, and he has a plan for you and I. Most Christians would say when they're introducing, trying to introduce somebody to Christ, is they'll say, God has a plan for you. Yes, he does. It's a very specific plan for you. And the works that you are to do, he had on his mind in eternity past. He knew when you'd be born. He knew when I'd be born. He knew how I would look. He knew I'd be lanky. He knew everything about it. He knew I would be bow-legged. He knew that, didn't he? Okay? He knew that I wouldn't be able to really speak the English language very well. Okay? He knew that. But we can overcome those challenges, can't we? He knew. Amen? He knew. And he wants you and I to fall into line with what he's doing in our lives. And you want your prayers answered? Get the priorities right. Say, Lord, I want what you want. I'm tired of living for what I want. But what do you want? God will answer those prayers. You know, Jesus was foreordained to do the works there that he did. He laid hands on the sick. He cast out demons. He preached the gospel. People got saved there. Because in Luke chapter 19, the word says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Matthew 28 preached the gospel to all nations. Work miracles in Jesus' name to testify to the gospel and baptize new believers and disciple those who receive Jesus. That's our commission, Matthew chapter 28, to do those things. Share the love of Jesus with other people. We're here for that because God's got a plan. And we're, it's already been ordained that we do those things God's called us to do. Isn't that good news? You're not out here just kind of, you know, God's not flying by the seat of his pants. God knows exactly what he wants for you and me. He loves us and he wants the very best for you and me. But sometimes to us, it doesn't look like the best. But see, as a Christian, we've already surrendered our life and said, Lord, I give you my life. I want to do what you want me to do. Everybody, does this speak to everybody? Does this make sense? Makes sense to you? That's who our Lord is. You want your prayers answered? Pray in the will of the Father. All these things. You need to take in consideration. Pray. Get close to the Lord here. Because God's saying to have confidence in our prayers. We want our prayers answered. Everybody here obviously has a particular need, whatever they may be. Remember that God is the answer. Run to him. Ask him. Next week, I mentioned. I'm going to ask you to pray for something. Everybody here got something on their mind right now that they need to pray for? And next week, I want to ask you, when you ask the Lord to answer that prayer, I want to, uh, I'm going to ask you next week to share it. Would you do that? I told you I'll call you out. I'll call you out. 
I'm teasing. I won't call you out. Think about it. Of what you believe, God, something, and you can pray, if it's not pri a private matter, but something you've been praying for. Watch God, what he does. I want to see the testimonies because God is good. Amen? You remember what happened with me when I first went into ministry? Uh, we planted a church on the northwest side of Houston. And uh, I was, we were meeting in a school, uh, uh, elementary school. We set up on uh, Friday afternoon. I had uh, several people would help me. We set up in the auditorium, in the, in the cafeteria. And, um, and then Sunday afternoon, we take down after the church services. And I remember we met there for about four years and had a you know crowd of people, had a good, wonderful people. And one day, a lady came in to me and she said, Jim, uh, there's a strip center not too far from here that I believe the Lord wants to give us. And you know, a strip center is a shopping center type of thing. And I said, I knew where it was. And she, I said, oh, you don't have the money for that. That thing is probably worth 500 to 750,000. And I said, we don't have the money for that. And so she said, I think the Lord wants to give it to us. I said, okay, here we go. Here the pastor didn't have faith enough to believe her. Okay, here we go, right? God began to change my heart and I began to pray. So I asked the guy to come out and show it to me that I actually was a real estate agent that was over it. <clears throat> so I walked in, he opened the door, and it was about 10,000 square feet, so it was just right for us. And Sunday school rooms and also for a sanctuary and so forth, we could build it out. And I walked in the door, and in my mind's eye, there was a, like a neon sign, and it had a dollar figure that flashed, just flashing. I could see it, like I'm looking at you right now. It's called an open vision, just flashing and I went wow and the number was much less than 500,000 okay but I knew God was speaking but I didn't know what he was saying and so we looked around I said this is great we can build this thing out and uh, it'd be nice for us and so forth anyway so I called the church together and I said I want you to pray about it because I wanted people to learn to hear the voice of God to hear what God had to say pray so I said, I want you to pray about it. And then we'll come back and we will uh, put together what we feel like God is saying. So they came back and they said, I believe God said this. And that wasn't the number I got. And then somebody else and a lot, everybody came up with a particular number. And uh, we finally said, well, looks like maybe this here. It was not the number that I'd seen. And I thought, Lord, what do I do with this? Because I didn't want to overrule them because I was trying to teach them to hear from the Lord. Because if the pastor came in and said, well, God showed me this and so forth. I just had my mind. I wanted them to be blessed, to be a part of the particular situation. OK, so I went and I offered, which was, I mean, you know, less than one hundred thousand dollars, way low. And uh, I offered the guy that and so forth. And he said, there are other bids on it and so forth. And. So he came back and he said, Jim, you're not going to believe this, but y'all got the building. And I said, whoa. So anyway, we bought the building and uh, went in and, and opened it up and all. One day before we actually moved in, we we're still in elementary school, a lady who played our piano, she came over to me and she said, Jim, I just can't get this off my heart. But coming to church today, the Lord told me to tell you this. And she said, I have no idea what it means. 
But she said, this is what he told me to tell me. And she told, see, I didn't tell anybody that number I'd seen flashing in my eyes, like a neon sign. And she said, the number that had been flashing in my eyes. And I knew immediately what God was saying. That I had heard from the Lord. And they probably we could have gotten the, the, the building for that, which was even less than what we did. But I believe I went to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I don't know what to do with it. And that's a relationship. I said, I don't know what to do with this. And I felt like the Lord was saying, you, you did this. You wanted people to learn to hear my voice and to hear me speak. And I gave you the building, definitely. But you did hear from me about this. Okay. And so we moved in and, and we built that out and, and moved in there. <clears throat> what I'm saying is, when you seek the Lord and you want his will more than anything else in this world, this is your desire. Now, you can still be here today and you can say, I want my will. I want my will because obviously I've got plans and this is what I want to do. And I'm going to fulfill those. You can go ahead and do that. But if you want the very best, then turn your life over to the Lord and say, I want your will. And I will follow you wherever you lead me. I will do whatever you tell me to do. And I will say whatever you want me to say. And you watch what happens to your life, you see. God will speak if we'll listen. And he will teach us how to pray in his will that our prayers are answered if we want them answered. I've got things on my heart right now when I say that, that I want answered. And I'm keeping on. I know they're in the will of God. My cousin is a good example, and I'll close with this. My cousin and I were raised on a farm. He was a couple years older than I was. And he was a brute. And uh, we would uh, disagree with things. We were teenagers. And uh, sometimes fight and all. And uh, different things would happen. And uh, he used language that obviously you don't hear very often. Pretty, the word is colorful language. Okay. Okay, real colorful language, okay? And he never, obviously, that I know of, my parents took me to church. So uh, I, I knew, I don't, I don't want to hear that, you know? And so as he got older, we sort of separated and we went different ways. Of course, I moved to Houston and so forth. But I always prayed. I said this. I said, Lord, if you can save Larry, his name was Larry. If you can save Larry, you can save anybody. But see, I didn't believe that he was... I mean, he, did God could save him. Really, to be honest with you, I'll, I'll confess to you. I said, if you can save him, Lord, you can save anybody. Because he's rough as a corn cob. Okay? He's rough. I mean, rough. And so one day, when my, uh, I think it was my mother, had died, fa father had died, I went in and he was sitting back in the chair of, uh, of our home and there giving, you know, his support and all. And he was sitting back and I looked at him and I said, something's different about you. And he said, yeah. He said, I got saved. I said, you got saved? He goes, yeah. He evidently married a girl that was a Christian and she led him to Christ and he accepted Christ in his life. And he changed his language, colorful language was no more there. I said, how'd that happen? He said, he drove a dump truck. He drove it. He said, every morning in my dump truck, I would open the Bible, and read the Bible. Just read the Bible. He said, I went, 
you read the Bible? You know, this is, this is true. God knows, so no need to hold it in, okay? And God saved him. And it wasn't too long, actually, probably 10 years later. He was extremely diabetic, and he died of uh, heart issues and so forth. He's in heaven right now. Hallelujah! <laughs> Amen? And I know I prayed for him, and I muttered a prayer, Lord, please save Larry, okay? And thinking that somehow I had something good in my life to earn my salvation, you see. But that's what we look at. We look at the impossible and say, hey, God... You, you gave me salvation. Thank you so much. But hey, you know, I'm a little bit better than this one over here. That's not true. The ground leading to the cross is all level. We come the same way. All have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. And he's in heaven. I'll see him there. But man, did I believe. I said, ain't no way. So what I say this today is you may be in a circumstance that you think there is no way out. And it is so bad that things are crumbling around you. Some may watch today and say everything looks like you've had family members have died of COVID. And you think, how am I going to make it? I want to tell you how to make it. And that is run to Jesus. Run to him every every time because he will be the one that rescues you. We serve a redemptive God. Not a destructive God. He was a, he's our restorer. He builds us up. And He will do that. As you say, Lord, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my family. I give you my possessions. I give you my church. I give you my neighborhood. But please do it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word, your truth, and your presence in this place today, Lord. Lord, we know that you are good. And we know, Lord, you're working things out in ways that we can never, ever imagine. We pray today, Father, that we would pray according to your will. And we would see answers that would come that we never thought would, Lord. And we pray today for, for anyone here that's never really received Jesus Christ. Today may be the day that you turn your life over to Jesus. If anybody watching this today is saying, I've just never really made that decision. I've heard the word, but today something strangely warm is happening within me. And I believe it's God knocking at my heart's door. Ask Jesus to come into your life. Be your personal Lord and Savior. Not just that you go to church. Church is great. We love it. My pastor. But Jesus Christ in your life. The hope of glory. I pray this day would be the day that that decision is made. And whatever else issues that you're dealing with today, I pray that you would just say, Lord, I need help. And I believe you're my helper. And I believe you can deliver me. And you will be my all in all. And I start this day, this day, with that decision. Father, thank you again for this wonderful time together. We worship you. We praise you. And we glorify your holy name. It's in the precious and holy name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Thank you for paying attention today and all that. And uh, I'm so glad to obviously be able to share the word of God with you. And I'm so glad to know every one of you. All of you are special to me. You're my family. And I'm so glad. So uh, keep praying and we're going to see God do great things. Okay, keep praying. Trust me, if you need anything, call and we'll put you on the prayer line and we'll pray. Ask God to do great, mighty wonders in your life. Amen. Any any others, any other things that are going on? Thank you for joining us today. Come back next week. It's going to get even better. We thank the Lord. God is good. And uh, we just hope and know that God's going to answer your prayers. Amen. Thank you.